Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics, coming up. Several provinces begin putting forward their plans for reopening their economies and loosening restrictions. The framework is about how we're reopening, not when we're reopening. Andrew Scheer says he doesn't agree with the Conservative MP's comments about Canada's top public health official. I do not uh, agree with his uh, position, with, with what he said. That is not the position of our caucus. Our position is that Justin Trudeau needs to be held accountable for the decisions that he and his government made. I made that very clear uh, on Thursday. But I believe it is, uh, it is not appropriate to question someone's loyalty to their country. I believe that is a, a very serious uh, accusation that you have to have some uh, very substantial evidence to make. And Dr. Teresa Tam acknowledges more could have been done to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Could we have done more at the time, you can retrospectively say, yes, absolutely, you, you could scream more or you could um, um, change your stance. But at the time, we had very, very few cases globally. It's Tuesday, April 28th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for being with us. Good to be here, Mark. There's a difference between how Ontario and Quebec are approaching reopening their economies. Ontario has a plan, but not a specific timetable. Quebec is talking about some things happening in the next few weeks. So it's it's interesting to see that contrast, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, 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 the byword for both of them is caution. I think, you know, they... Um, you saw both of the premiers out there yesterday saying, okay, let's try this. Um, I... I don't rule out the possibility that Ontario is going to do it. So Quebec has, has said that uh, children are going back to school uh, within a matter of weeks. Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, has not said as much, but he is he's, he's left the door open to that. Whether Ontario follows Quebec in this is, is going to be something that, that we should watch, I think. Um, I think anybody watching both news conferences yesterday would have been kind of disheartened to see, look, these are two premiers who have made it very clear they want the economy and businesses to start moving. And it was very clear by the end of both news conferences yesterday that nothing is going to be moving this summer. It's going to be a very slow, quiet summer in both provinces. Um, But there were people who were saying Quebec's moving too quickly, right? And that it it might actually be dangerous to have kids back in school as early as three weeks from now. I actually think one of the considerations for having kids back at school is so the parents can go back to work. Right. I think that is there uh, because Quebec has not sent high school and uh, university kids back to school. Uh, it is just the, the, the ones who need care. And that's uh, that's interesting, too. So I think the focus there is getting parents back to work. And Legault has left open the possibility that if this is not working, or if people don't want to send their kids to school. And what has not been talked about so much in, in both of these provinces is it's all well and good to say, let's fire things up, but you're not seeing people that eager yet. I think... You know, when the, when the sort of reality hits them that, uh, well, why don't you send your kid to school? Um, maybe they'll just keep them at home. 
I think what what was interesting to me yesterday was watching how the federal government has really decided that this is a provincial matter. You know, all of the arguments that we used to see uh, with the federal government elbowing its way into the provinces and trying to assert its, you know, authority over health and and you know pan-Canadian guidelines, you're seeing Trudeau take a really hands-off approach mm. to the provinces. That's probably wise, um, but you know I think many many moons ago we thought that this year was going to be dominated by fights between the federal government and the provinces over their authority on things like the environment especially, but also on matters like health. And what you're seeing here is is Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, the son of Pierre Trudeau, who said that the, 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 the federal government would never be head waiter to the provinces. Um, Justin Trudeau saying, you know, do what you got to do and uh, we'll set some loose guidelines. And I think we're we're going to see those guidelines pretty soon. Uh, the Prime Minister said yesterday it would become within a matter of days. I noticed that last night he was talking to the premiers of British Columbia and Nova Scotia. That makes me think that they're going to be next in line with reopening plans. But very much in this case, you're seeing Ottawa say to the provinces, no, you go first and we'll figure out the national standards later. All right, let's turn to Dr. Teresa Tam uh, and the fact that in an interview with CBC, she said that uh, more could have been done earlier. Now, of course, that's with the benefit of hindsight, but she did acknowledge that there could have been steps taken to stop the spread of the coronavirus earlier in the process that we could have moved more quickly. What do you think about that? It's very interesting that how Doris Tam, especially in conservative circles, has become the vector for criticism of regret or retrospective hindsight. Um, I think uh, she did the interview with Rosie Barton of CBC, I think, to, you know, to kind of right the ship again as well. Uh, I think every country in the world is, is, uh, is wrestling with this question of, could we have seen this coming sooner? The question is, what if you said to Canadians in the end of January, guess what, we're going to shut down the economy? I, I think there was a, a, a bit of warming up to this that had to be done. Um, and I, I think, you know, whether it was Donald Trump saying this was a mere case of the flu, I was struck by the way Theresa Tam said that the lockdown and the, the, the mass physical distancing and isolation that we're in right now would not have been possible if there had not been massive agreement between Canada and the United States. That as long as the United States was going to stay open, basically Canada could not shut down. You can't do, you can't shut down the economy. And she said something this complex, can you imagine that happening? Um, uh, in February, the idea that, that the Canadian, that North America would basically close itself off and then Canada and the United States would close itself off would have been preposterous. And I think what I took from that to say was as long as Donald Trump was being a laggard on this or as, as long as Donald Trump was dismissing it as just the mere flu, uh, that Canada was pretty powerless. But... Right. Um, it, it was that it, 
for something that huge, it took the United States yeah. to, to uh, go along, too. As you mentioned, of course, Dr. Tam has been the subject of criticism and attacks from some people, particularly conservative leadership candidate Derek Sloan. And yesterday, interim leader Andrew Scheer, for the first time, said he didn't agree with Sloan's comments, but he didn't talk about any sort of consequence for Sloan for making those comments. Uh, Why have more conservatives not denounced what Derek Sloan said? It is very curious. Um, I, I think with Andrew Scheer, this is sort of a pattern with him. You will recall during the election campaign, it t- or before the election campaign, it took him kind of a week to come around and speak to the comments he had made controversially in the House of Commons about um, about gay marriage. I, I think what conservatives know is that there is a base um, Sometimes that base, if you read Twitter any day, is not all that friendly to, um, well, to anything the government does naturally, and and it's pretty hardcore. And yes, there has been a racist element to the criticism. We've, again, seen that. I keep mentioning his name, but we keep seeing Donald Trump talking about this as the China virus. Um, There is a, a parallel here with the Canadian Conservatives seeing uh, an Asian woman, head of public health, and the connection of China to this virus, and what we're hearing out of the United States about Trump was talking as recently as yesterday about seeking reparation from China for the the damage it's causing. So I think, why does it take so long to denounce it? I think because there is a chatter out there about that, and conservatives believe this, this view whether it sounds racist or not, should be should be explored, that China is uh, to blame for this in some way, and there is a, you know, a connection between it all. It's, uh, a lot of it is repulsive, um, but this has been, as I said, the pattern with Shear. It takes him a little while to come around and, and denounce things. All right, just quickly before we wrap up, uh, let's talk about the fact that there will be a virtual meeting of MPs today. Uh, it's not quite the virtual parliament that many people were hoping for, but it will be a Zoom meeting featuring some of Canada's MPs. Uh, just give us some insight into what's going to happen there. This may be shallow of me, but I can't wait to see what they're all choosing for their background. <laughs> I think that's been one of the most, <laughs> most fascinating things with Zoom conferences is where people choose to situate themselves in their house and how many university degrees they can put up behind them. And um, so I I think we'll see a little bit of that. I think it will be, it is not parliament sitting. It is not legislation being passed. It is going to be very hard to heckle in that format. So it may be more civil than we're accustomed to seeing when parliament sits. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of questions. We have seen divisions breaking open between conservatives and liberals on pandemic relief, and the conservatives saying now that too li- it's been too little too late and, and people are not being helped. I think you're going to see the, the NDP and the bloc talking about who's not uh, being addressed by this. I'm hoping that it's going to be constructive. I hear that um, it is not the first time the government's been talking to the opposition. They talk a lot. Uh, they every day at four thirty, there are calls between the opposition and government. So I think it, if if it follows in the tone of what the private phone conversations have been between the opposition and government, it would be civil and constructive. 
uh, if they're playing for the cameras, multiple cameras, uh, then it'll be a bit of a comedy show, complete with choose your own background. Right. All right. We'll see what happens. Susan, thanks so much for joining us today. Okay. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. The provinces uh, have the authority to determine what is in their best interest. It's not up to the federal government to check uh, or oversee the provinces in their areas of jurisdiction, and much of this falls within their areas of jurisdiction. Uh, They have uh, the responsibility to do what is right for their citizens. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star considers the different paths Ontario and Quebec are heading down on the coronavirus. The Star writes, Ontario's Ford government has plainly decided to err on the side of caution, while Quebec has announced plans to reopen elementary schools and daycares on May 11th. This may well go badly wrong. If reopening schools so quickly results in a resurgence of the coronavirus, the Legault government will have to bear the responsibility of more deaths and a potential second lockdown. But if things go well, what will Ontarians conclude? A vast social experiment is about to begin with many lives at stake, as well as the health of the various economies across the country. In Maclean's, Paul Wells argues, there's a good reason the plans to reopen Ontario and Quebec are roadmaps instead of timetables. Wells writes... It's hard to plan next steps because disaster continues despite the best efforts to contain it. François Legault and Doug Ford aren't even leading the process of deciding what happens next. Like good populists, they're being led by it. And if they looked worried on Monday, it's because they're well aware there's a shift change underway in the reopening debate. The debate was led until now by people who gain by sounding bold. They're finding themselves outnumbered by people with everything to lose. Suddenly, waiting doesn't sound like such a bad idea. In the Globe and Mail, Daniel Schwannen and William Robson argue the best lessons about reopening our economies are in Europe. They write, Many are reopening schools, daycares, and some businesses. All continue to impose or urge physical distancing and restrictions on gatherings. Many have layered on restrictions such as compulsory face masks on public transit. They are all stepping up testing, monitoring, and electronic tracing. They are all wrestling with the balance between intrusive surveillance and contact tracing and civil liberties. The same tensions Canada must deal with in the weeks and months ahead. In the National Post, Kelly McParland argues, perhaps the Conservatives should reopen leadership nominations after COVID-19. McParland writes, The silence that followed Derek Sloan's remarks about Dr. Theresa Tam, not only from Andrew Scheer, but would-be leadership contenders, spoke loudly of a party that can't figure out what it is, or what it should be doing. Their lack of direction leaves the Tories with a bleak-looking future. No one can say how long it will be before they'll be able to choose their new leader. They are going nowhere with Sheer as extended interim boss, and none of the contenders to replace him has shown any signs of more inspiring skills. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will hold his daily news conference on the coronavirus crisis, and the Minister of Middle Class Prosperity... Mona Fortier will take part in a virtual town hall meeting hosted by the Greater Sudbury Chamber of Commerce. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, April 28th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day for coverage of the coronavirus crisis. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.